For Alex Pearson, I'm Arlene Bynum on this Friday night as we wrap up the day and wrap up the week. You know, we into our headspace here. What are you going to do? Are you going to shop? Some of my favorite stores are open, and I, I'm really excited about what I haven't been in yet. I haven't been in and I can't really get my my head around it. And I know that a lot of retailers are wondering, how are they going to survive if people don't go in? They might be able to be open, but are the shoppers going to come back? What is it about how we're going to act that's going to affect how we move forward? Joining us is Carl Littler, Senior Vice President, Public Affairs, Retail Council of Canada. Carl, thanks for being here on this Friday. Thank you. What is the worry here? I mean, it's so, there's so many steps to it. First of all, if you're a retailer, you're like, please let me open. And now everything is different. What are the big fears here? Will will people maybe change their mind and not go back in the stores? Um, It's certainly a concern. Uh, Part of it is that, uh, you know, there are some early signs of the positive, but of course that could just be pent up demand. And so you're seeing some people come back. Obviously, others are a little more hesitant. I think from the retail perspective, it's not knowing whether uh, customers are, are, are going to be there on a regular basis. I think that some of it is, of course, that there are broader economic effects. And, and so not only the pub, you know, customers have to readjust and some still have sort of public health concerns, but also customers, of course, themselves have been affected by by layoffs and slowdowns and working from home and a number of other factors. So it's a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a guessing game for retailers as to what the market would look like going over the next little while. It is, you know, adaptation is such a, a word. We love it, but boy, does it count now, don't you think? Are they having to adapt to this new reality here? Well, for sure, because, um, you know, the patterns of shopping in stores freely and moving around freely and being within a few feet of one another and so on, obviously we have to adapt to that. So around physical distance, that's a big issue. And, you know, all of the obligations of sanitization, for sure. Um, There's also, let's be honest, during the period, there's been a shift to e-commerce when people couldn't shop in, in store because the stores were closed. Um, they picked up a lot of uh, e-commerce for things that they needed. And so the reorientation of that is going to be pretty important. For for some things, there's sort of a tactile sense, often in clothing and shoes and a number of other items. But, you know, people have uh, adjusted their behavior. And uh, so one of the questions will be how much of that will snap back to what they were doing before COVID-19. It is, you know, and it, part of it is you, you want to help people, but you want to help yourself. The, you know, the announcement of the rent relief, it, it, there was a lot of criticism that it was so confusing. What do you think? Well, um, you know, I think the rent relief is a good program. Um, the question is whether the landlords will take it up. Uh, we'll see because this was the first week in which it was available to folks. And that's such a critical piece for retailers, right? Because, you know, the very thing that landlords um, contract with you for is the physical space. And if that is shut uh, or if people aren't coming out, then then obviously, you know, the situation has changed. But in a sense, the taxi meter continues to tick. Um, I think there are a lot of enlightened landlords out there. I don't want to demonize landlords, but I think mm-hmm. a few a few were missing the point, which is, yeah, they need to think also about their own long-term economic interests, not just what their legal rights are month to month. Yeah, I mean, you lose a, 
you lose somebody, are you going to get anybody else? It's not as if everybody's banging on the door saying, let me in the mall. That's a, there's a whole different deal going on with commercial real estate and rents, isn't there? There, there certainly is. And I'm, I'm not sure this is going to be a landlord's market for the next little while. Um, so it's pretty important to make sure that you and your tenant, who, of course, have a bit of a symbiotic relationship, uh, that your tenant continues in being. So, I mean, obviously, you know, from a retail council perspective, we, we tend to take a retail interest. But there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot else at risk here, including, obviously, the situation of landlords. If they have tumbleweeds blowing through their shopping mall, um, <laughs> that's going to be a pretty big issue for them and, you know, for the for their investors and shareholders and the pension beneficiaries that depend on that income and so on. So it's a pretty big ecosystem. Carl, I mean, this has been just a tumultuous change, a shakeup in the foundation. Everything is different, and every day, you know, we think it's going to go back, and then all of a sudden it just hits us, and we say, wow, that might not come back, and that might not come back. We are in a movie, and we don't know how this movie is going to end. What keeps you up at night? I mean, I'm sure you used to, when it came to retail things, look towards the economy and what people wanted and consumers and all that. Now you're looking at it in a completely different way. How are you adapting? Well, I, you know, the, the economy is still the primary driver. And I think it's important that retailers can only do so much. You know, there has to be demand. And uh, and so a lot of that is, you know, guided by how other people feel about the public health environment. Do they feel safe going out? Do they feel safe being in, in proximity to other people, albeit at a, you know, at a safe distance? What's their own personal and family situation? You know, do they have income coming in? Um, are there, you know, are there kids at home so they can't go out? There's no daycare. There's, you know, babysitting is obviously constrained and so on. There's a lot of new dynamics, and it really is like you're you're sketching on a new sketchbook. You don't have all the rules. Who's going to survive, do you think, and how, how's it going to happen? I mean, are, are you getting a vision of who the winners are going to be here? So I don't know that we have a clear vision yet. I mean, those who provide a unique experience – uh, especially one that can really only be had in bricks-and-mortar stores, I think they're going to be fine. People who sell commodity products, you know, stuff that can land on your doorstep, um, may have a bit more of a challenge. I think that's probably the fundamental distinction. If you can make it, um, you know, a sort of must-do to go to that particular place, to buy that particular item, differentiation I think is going to be key. It is, and it all depends on the virus, really. I mean, if the virus subsides, even before we get a vaccine, then people will start to to peel back and say, okay, and I'm going to go back, I'm going to do this. However, the virus is going to decide. This may be, again, as we say, this may be a forever change in some areas. Retail is going to survive. We want stuff. It just may be that thing that we look towards in the future. Remember, we were all going, oh, online shopping, is it going to become more popular? And now it's just a matter of survival online shopping. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of that. I mean, somebody said something clever the other day. I can't remember who it was. and said, you know, we're all getting tired of this, but the virus, it's not getting tired. Oh, no. And, yeah. um, you know, that's a pretty clever comment. Uh, obviously, avoiding a second wave is pretty critical. Um, I think that people can manage one of these things, but I think a second bout will obviously, you know, knock consumer confidence and, and not business confidence as well. 
Um, I think Canadians are pretty resilient, and uh, and so you know even in the absence of a uh, of a vaccine, I think as long as the right protocols are followed, I think people would develop confidence coming back out there. Uh, so so you know I, I'm sort of cautiously optimistic, but uh, but obviously we're in uncharted waters at this point. And what about I mean the way we're doing it? Are, are, is retail adapting? How difficult? Do they need different shapes in their stores? Because now if you have a narrow aisle, I, I can't tell you how many people say, I haven't gone here, I haven't gone there. They've got narrow aisles. Who thought it would be an issue? Well, you know, even even in smaller locations, there are things that you can do. You certainly see it in some stores that you have unidirectional traffic. Um, so that helps mm-hmm. deal with that because, of course, aside from anything else, it means you're not meeting face-to-face with somebody. So there are ways to cope. And, of course, you know, the merchants can control to some degree the number of people who come into the store. So it's not that it's unmanageable, but it is obviously, you know, a significant issue with respect to the kind of level of traffic you would have on a, you know, typical Saturday morning. So no question adaptation is what's required. All right, we'll see what happens as things start opening up in dribs and drabs this weekend. Carl Littler, Senior Vice President, Public Affairs, Retail, Council of Canada. Carl, have a great evening, have a great weekend. And you. Bye-bye. All right, there you go. I mean, all of us, you can imagine being, dealing with, at least, you know, I can broadcast because people who are running these businesses and restaurants, they've just had to completely change what they do. You know, some of the stories have been heartbreaking, stories of restaurants and, and people who really just woke up one day. And I, I, I said a few weeks ago, it reminded me of Pompeii. You know, we used to uh, see the fossils of people who were doing something, playing music, I don't know, holding hands or eating. And they were like frozen in time. And then we just woke up. Everything was different. And the, it wasn't really lava, but it was... A virus, and it just hit, and it was woo hour by hour, and here we are, kind of opening up the door and seeing where the lava is and where where we want to go. In Ontario, in our world, nationally and around the world, and we're thinking about it a lot. For Alex Pearson on this Friday, I'm Marlene Bynan. This is Global News Radio.